Entecavir, used to treat hepatitis B infection, appears to have activity against HIV as well in patients infected with both viruses. But entecavir also appears to select for the M184V mutation that confers resistance to it and to some important first-line antiretroviral drugs. Chloe Teo discussed with me the findings and implications of this study, which she presented here in Los Angeles at the 14th Conference on Retroviruses and Opportunistic Infections. These were three individuals who were HIV and hepatitis B co-infected, and they did not require antiretroviral therapy for their HIV. They did have a required therapy for their hepatitis B, so they were put on entecavir monotherapy. And in each of those cases, we noted at least a one-log decline in HIV RNA. In the third case, actually a three-log decline in HIV RNA. In each of these cases, after the initial nadir in HIV RNA, there was an increase in the HIV RNA level. And so we wondered if there were mutations that were being selected. What was the time frame? So, uh, we've studied this only in detail in one patient thus far. And in that one patient, it was at four months where we first detected it. However, we do have a specimen at two months, which we haven't tested yet, which we're in the process of testing now. Now, I take it the entecavir therapy is quite long-term? Uh, yes, it can be long-term. What are the recommendations at this point for the treatment of HBV in the setting of HIV? The recommendations are different based on whether or not the HIV needs to be treated. If you need to treat HIV and hepatitis B both, uh, the best combination to use currently is Truvada along with a PI or NNRTI because that has two drugs, both tenofovir and lamivudine, that are active against hepatitis B. If someone only needs their hepatitis B treated and not their HIV, entecavir would no longer be my first choice because you may get this M184V mutation which knocks out using lamivudine and emtricitabine to treat HIV, which are really cornerstones to HIV therapy. They're in the first-line combinations to treat HIV therapy. So you're left with either adefavir, pegylated interferon, telbivudine, or discerning heart earlier than you need to. And I think which one you choose is based upon the patient and the physician. Based on three cases, is there enough evidence to give any recommendations at this point to treating physicians? It's three clinical cases. I think it's also important to note that there's laboratory evidence to support these clinical cases. If it was just clinical cases in isolation, you may wonder, well, really, is that enough evidence? But it's the clinical cases along with the in vitro laboratory data, along with the fact that you can select for the M1A4V, all those things kind of coming together demonstrate that these findings, I think, are very robust. And I think that the recommendation can be made that entecavir, before someone who is co-infected is put on entecavir monotherapy, uh, other options need to be considered, and they really need to discuss it with their physicians. Does this raise questions about testing new antiviral compounds, either for the hepatitides or any viral diseases in the setting of HIV? Do they have to be tested for the potential to induce mutations in HIV? I think any antiviral drug that could potentially have activity against HIV should be tested for its activity against HIV. It doesn't necessarily need to go through the testing to try and select mutations in vitro but I think that very sensitive assays need to be used in order to determine whether or not new compounds, if they have potential to have anti-HIV activity, that they get tested.
Chloe Teo of the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore, talking with me here at the 14th Conference on Retroviruses and Opportunistic Infections being held in Los Angeles. For the Audio Journal of Global Health Issues, I'm Dan Keller.